1: through it right to him. 34 ticks left, trailing by 5, needing to get into the end zone. Birdie steps through, in his back, and that's it. Blaineum gets another.
0: Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by Bet MGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network.
2: The voice of Joe Buck from Monday Night Football, Brock Purdy, a couple picks at the end of the game. Niners lose to the Vikings. And then on Wednesday, Brock Purdy enters the league's concussion protocol. And we're all thinking, okay, like Sammy Darnold's going to start on Sunday for the Niners at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Colin Wilson from the Action Network is going to join us here in just a second. And Colin's like in our like waiting room right now. Colin, we got just like a couple pieces of breaking news that came and we're just going to report them here, get Ken's initial take, and then we'll bring Colin on to give us his college football bets for the weekend. But uh, Matt Barrows, uh, who covers the the Niners for the Athletic tweeting about 20 minutes ago Purdy's practice and we talked about this yesterday and a little bit on Wednesday Purdy's practicing again and as Barrows writes barring a setback Purdy's on pace to be cleared from the concussion protocol tomorrow on Saturday which would put Purdy in, in on track obviously to start the game coming up on Sunday against the Bengals and remember yesterday we said this Adam Schefter started like walk back his tweets on Wednesday like a well actually like it, it's not unprecedented that a player could be placed in protocol and still play on Sunday so maybe Purdy. He's going to play. It actually feels like that's more likely than not that Purdy starts on Sunday now. Niners hosting the Bengals, and now we officially know Kyler Murray listed as doubtful for Sunday's game by the Cardinals um, as they host the Baltimore Ravens, so very likely another week of Josh Dobbs. Procedurally, this matters also with the trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. I'm not saying Kyler is definitely getting dealt, just that if he has an injury designation, the Cardinals don't have to activate him to the 53-man roster. If he had did not have an injury designation, then they would have had to activate him, so they don't have to Activate him to the uh, to the active roster right now. So just like a little bit going on behind the scenes there maybe with Kyler. I'm not reporting anything. He could very well start next week for Arizona. So, Ken, those two pieces of news. Kyler doubtful. Purdy looks like well, likely to start, it feels like, right now, but not confirmed yet. And then we'll bring Colin on to give us his college football bets.
0: Yeah, this is uh as you would expect. So like line movement in the NFL during the week is like very, very much predicated on like public injury information. And when it becomes available, uh, as you would imagine, this information becomes available. We're reading it on the show. It's very public. Uh, a lot of markets have gone from four, so the Niners were four point favorites. The board is just littered with four and a halves right now, and things are like starting to move a little bit. Uh five is a really dead number. So, you know, I think we could just stay here, like rather than the five and a half that we were when Purdy was gonna play. I think something in this range may makes a lot of sense. But that move is not surprising, like the idea that a lot of places went four to four and a half on the idea that he's going to play. And just to remind people, this was five and a half six at the start of the week when Purdy was not in concussion protocol. Now, to be fair, no money had really entered the market yet, but that's kind of where we were prior to all this happening. So you feel like we're at least back close to where the market was when he was going to play, and now it comes back to just like, okay, but even that being said, what do people like in the game? People think the Bengals are going to turn into something different, uh, you know, bye week and all that stuff maybe, um, or play on San Francisco because they have been very good for a couple of weeks. So that's where we are in that market, basically four to four and a half. There's not going to be a move in the, the Ravens-Cardinals market for this Sunday because like, it's going to be Josh Dobbs. Now this got bet out to nine and a half very early in the week. I think a, an interesting game day question for this game is, is there just going to be so much interest in the Ravens that this goes to 10 and what happens when we get to that number? I know for me, that is a buy point for Arizona, for sure in the game, if you don't have any action already on the game. So we can talk about that on Sunday probably, but the biggest thing is pretty more likely to play. A lot of places go four to four and a half.
2: And that is for our live audience, the breaking news here. Um, so again, it looks like Brock Purdy, p- p- I think he's likely to start based on that tweet from Matt Barrows from The Athletic. And then Kyler Murray listed as doubtful by the Arizona Cardinals. We apologize to our guest, the great Colin Wilson, who joins us every Friday here on the show. Colin, sorry about that. We had the breaking news. Had to like had to get it into the show there. Colin is the best. Actionnetwork.com, the Action Network app. His podcast, Big Bets on Campus. We encourage everybody to check it out. Featuring friends of the show, not just Colin, but Brett McMurphy and Stucky as well. And he's on Twitter at underscore Colin1. My friend, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. as a call.
1: Uh, it's nice listening to you guys talk about NFL, a league where you have to report your injuries. It's just not a world that I live in. It's not a world that I know about. There, I don't get to learn about injuries until five minutes before kick. So, um, sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Nick Nick writes in the chat. Well, like Arthur
0: Smith kind of kind of didn't do that, and a lot of people got screwed because they probably had Bijan Robinson props and and. Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe bet his props, maybe Adam and fantasy, maybe Adam and daily fantasy, but you're right. And, and college is just, it's the wild West with this kind of stuff. And maybe, I, I don't know if any of the biggest games that we'll talk about will have injury concerns in the quarterback position, but man, there's like 25 games that have injuries at in the quarterback. So God, I mean, God bless you, Colin, for going through all those, <laughs> those injury reports and all of that information. There isn't like a marquee game this week on where it's like, well, we have to start with you know LSU Alabama, which we'll obviously start, we'll start with going for next week. But why don't we, why don't we do the Heisman first? Just because it feels, we usually do this kind of to close. It feels so open right now. And we talked about this last week. You said, hey, like one game, this thing could get crazy. Penix plays bad. Now we're in crazy town. Like that's really where we are right now. Like JJ McCarthy has become the favorite. Also his team cheats. So that could be problematic. <laughs> Michael Penix is the second choice. He was really bad last week, but like still has been very good this year. Jayden Daniels from LSU is in there. Travis is in there. Dylan Gabriel's in there. Bo Nix is in there. Marvin Harrison Jr. is still kind of a long shot, but had a big game and, and gained some traction. How, how Are you betting this thing right now? What do you make of this feels like the craziest week of the year to talk about this award? Uh, for the record, I'm not
1: betting this because I'm not allowed to bet it. Uh, but I am to, allowed to vote. Fair enough. It. But I, yeah. I, I would happily give gambling advice for those that want to bet in this market. Uh, listen, the, the bet you need to make this week is Bo Nix at uh, 20 to 1 on the Heisman. Because if you look, I, I did a piece at Action Network this week, came out on Tuesday, about who has the easiest path to sweep the remaining schedule. And, you know, teams fell 73%. I think Florida State was like 89%. Yeah, I mean, I'm including the conference championship games. Well, Oregon was up there like around 80%. And if you look at their schedule for the rest of the year, if they get through this Utah game, they're hosting USC at home, not really worried about it. The, you know, They're hosting Oregon State at home, not really worried about it. I mean, they have the easiest schedule of everybody in the Pac-12 that's remaining when everybody's got to collide and go up against each other. And Bo Nix is just a different animal at home. He is way more productive at home than he is on the road. So if he can pull it off, and get this win here at Utah, that 20 to 1 is going to have monster value. He's got a 19 to 1 TD to INT ratio, and he's only 400 passing yards short of Michael Penix. So, in my opinion, yeah, I know what the numbers are for McCarthy and Penix, but if you're looking for value on the board, by far it's Bo Nix who just needs to win this game, defend home, and he's probably in the college football playoff.
2: Nick and Ken, you better, you bet. Phenomenal Football Friday, college football bets and thoughts with the great Colin Wilson from the Action Network on Twitter at at underscore Colin1, Colin spelled with two L's. Colin, could be a big game, could be a small game. What's your favorite bet coming up this weekend in college football?
1: I think Georgia-Florida is going over the total. This is – it took some steam down below 48. 48 is very key. We're above that at 49. 49 is pretty key. The next one you got to look for is 55. But when people – heard about the Brock Bowers injury, they immediately thought that this would hurt the Georgia offense. Well, I just don't think you're paying attention to what these guys have with Ra Ra Thomas out on the outside. They have so many explosive players to go to for Carson Beck. Vlad McConkie is healthy now. But when really this comes down to Dominic Lovett, he's in the slot. He's going to take all of those passing routes that Brock Bowers had and you look at Dominic Love at this year he's got like 30 catches only 1 TD kind of buried in the depth chart of, of places for Carson Beck to throw but last year he had 2.9 yards per route run at Missouri's offense like he was one of the best wide receivers in Missouri's offense now he gets a chance to shine and when you look at Mike Bobo and the history that he has at Georgia being the offensive coordinator and calling plays whether it's at Georgia or it's at Colorado State it's play action pass and it's four verticals downfield. This Georgia offense is about to be more explosive. I'm not going to say it's going to be more successful. I don't think anybody can move the chains better than Brock Bowers. But when you're looking at explosive plays, that's what's about to happen with Georgia down the field. And if you look at Florida's secondary, I think they're 111th in defending explosive pass. Give me the over in this game uh, in in the world's largest cocktail. Colin,
0: I know you alluded to, to Bo Nix Heisman. Like, that's the bet that you would make right now because the the schedule toward the end. And to be fair, and, and I think you make a great point, those USC and Oregon State games at the end of the year, I mean, that's like totals in the 80s. You know, like those games are just like, all, you know, offensive bonanzas, which is really good for for getting stats to to win the Heisman. And you might have said it in the answer, and I might have missed it. Do you have a bet on this game against Utah? Obviously, I think this game's not going to be like but this game probably not going to be a shootout. Oregon six, six and a half on the road, just kind of a funny setup. Utah, obviously, off that USC upset last week.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I bought Utah at seven. That's not there. I would still buy it at six. I'd buy it at five and a half. make the game three. This game is going to be a complete grind. I, I don't think you can really point to any Utah offensive stat because that offense changes week to week. We've now got a defensive back who's their star on the offensive side. we got a pig farmer lining up underneath center as the quarterback who beat the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, this offense is the craziest story in college football. No one's talking about it because it's late at night, but... Utah's offense, I I can't really tell you how great they're going to be against Oregon, but what I do know is that Oregon has holes and deficiencies, especially against the pass that Utah is going to be able to take advantage of. When you go to the other side of the ball, yeah, Utah is tremendously good against the run, and they're going to be able to stuff a really great running back tandem that they have there with Bucky Irving and Jordan James for Oregon. But at the same time, Utah has been very susceptible to passes and standard downs, which means you're going to see Bo Nix hitting passes at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, real short slants. That's where Utah has been the most vulnerable. So I see an avenue for both of these teams to push each other down the field. I'm not really going to play on the totals because they're both pretty good at at red zone and finishing drives. But I am going to say this is a complete grind. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes all the way down to the end to a final possession, which I think Oregon's going to win this game by three. So take all those points with Utah. I, I would have no fear with it all the way down to three.
2: Uh, Colin, let's go to the Louisville Duke game with Louisville about a six point home favorite against Duke in between five and a half and six total of 46. Any bets here?
1: It's tough because this is a Riley Leonard game. We talked about it last week. No one thought he was going to play. And then he suits up and he plays and they're covering and they're pressing Florida State the entire time. And the second he comes out, there's just nothing there. I I think this is an under game without Riley Leonard. I'm not sure if we're going to get him to play. So uh, I would wait 90 minutes for the game, get on Twitter, do a search on his name. That's (laughs) find people that are in the stadium watching him warm up. That's what I did last week. It's why I was betting Duke uh, all, you know, big losing ticket because Riley Leonard was playing. But you'll want to find out if he's playing. If he's not, this is an under all the way because you have to see like Jack Plummer, quarterback for Louisville. Is he going to have success against a top 10 coverage unit of Duke that runs cover three and cover one? Jack Plummer hasn't had much success against that. So I don't see a lot of points I think it should be 46 without Riley Leonard. It should be about 53 with Riley Leonard. So play to those numbers.
0: Colin Ohio State was the big winner last week, obviously, in terms of like likelihood to make the playoff win the national championship, maybe Marvin Harrison, Jr., like Heisman odds like they beat Penn State and all those things become more possible. And then this game was always going to be kind of interesting following that game. Like they they go on the road to Wisconsin and, you know, or before the season starts, you could have been like, oh, maybe this ends up being like a a really competitive, not a small spread game, but maybe a touchdown and Wisconsin's rolling and this gets really fun, but that's not what's happening. And Wisconsin's had injuries at the quarterback position and Ohio State is a talk about a bizarre situation side total 14 and a half on the road with 45 being the total in the game. And the yeah. over has gotten bet to be fair, just like what, what are we supposed to do? I, I actually kind of think Wisconsin could keep this close just like night game road for McCord. But like, if that doesn't happen, there's like a big talent difference between these teams.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I took Wisconsin 14 and a half. Uh, I may get 12, but there's some, there's reasons in the Wisconsin coverage, what they do that I think is going to give Kyle McCord some problems. Um, when you look at w- what Wisconsin does, yeah, they've run a lot of cover one and Kyle McCord has struggled against that. He has a pretty average success rate and a very low EPA, which is explosiveness against cover one. So uh, this Ohio State team is not explosive. They are not a national championship caliber. They have issues running the ball. I don't care if Trevion Henderson and Mayan Williams, I don't care if they're all healthy. They're having problems running the ball. And so, you know, when you go through that, Mikhail McCord is just not going to wake up and all of a sudden turn into CJ Stroud or turn into Justin Fields. They don't have the explosiveness to beat a team like Wisconsin at home, at night, with a huge spread, with a low total. They just don't have it in them, I think, to win this with that many points. And when you go to the Wisconsin side of the ball, I mean, we have Braden Locke running quarterback here, uh, probably just not enough exposure. Uh, He's already got four turnover worthy plays. So I'm really kind of making a case for the under here. But more importantly, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points. That puts a lot of value on 14 and a half. This Ohio State team, I I hate it. We're going to get our first college football playoff ranking next week. And, you know, their their national title odds are getting juiced up. They're they're terrible. Maybe they make the playoff. Maybe they don't. It would be probably the biggest bet of my entire life if Ohio State makes a college football playoff. I'll take whoever it is they're playing because I do not believe in them whatsoever.
2: I I love that strong take from Colin there on Ohio State. My friend, let's close with this. One other game, one other bet that we have not yet discussed on the show that you love. I guess you could dislike it also, but hopefully you love it. For our listeners and viewers, please. (laughs)
1: Let's go. um, Boy, there's a couple of them. Uh, I do like Tennessee against Kentucky, but I'm going to pivot off and say that I like UCLA to go over their team total points against Colorado If you watch Colorado, all they are this year is just an explosive magnet. All they do is create explosives on their side, and they give up explosives. They're 126th and giving up explosive passing. Dante Moore, say whatever you want about his pick sixes. They've all been like real short slants in a crowd, but he is actually 9-1, to big-time throw to turnover-worthy play rate on passes over 20 yards. He throws a tremendous deep ball, which is exactly where you attack Colorado. So I think UCLA is going to get all the points that they want here. Considering both of these offenses run about 22 seconds per play, there's going to be a lot of extra possessions in this. So I'm going to say UCLA over their team total. I believe it's at 38 and a half right now.
2: The great Colin Wilson joining us here on You Better, You Bet With the best background, by the way, of any guest that we have on video. And he's also like, got to give him credit. Very handsome. Our friend Colin Beard looks great. He's looking good these days. Colin, we appreciate it, my friend. He's on Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. Colin's been coming on our show since 2019. Uh, please support him. Check out Big Bets on campus with Colin, Stuckey, and Brett McMurphy. They've all been on the show. And check out his work over at the Action Network. My friend, wishing you the best of luck with your bets this weekend. Stay well, and we'll catch up with you next week.
1: Thank you for having me, guys.
2: The great Colin Wilson, Jr. The guy, I love him. What a guy. A lot of love on the show. Everybody just loves each other. It's It's great. So his background's 50 times better than mine. Although I guess it looks, it's not too bad, right? Here it is. Yeah. Uh, Anthony (laughs) Anthony DeBunto coming up next as we transition from football to football.